With a history of 5,000 years, it's no surprise that China has created a fabulous treasury of folk tales. Once a year, on the seventh day of the seventh month, all the magpies fly up to heaven and form a bridge. So many amazing worlds to discover. I want a new palace, said King Mu of Zhou one day. Chinese folk tales retold for audiences today. Will, will you marry me? He asked. And with little hesitation, she said, <laughs> Yes! 5,000 years of amazing Chinese folk tales. My father must not go to war. Someone must take his place. You'll find Chinese Folk Tales Season 3, wherever you discover your favorite podcasts. Keeps the world turning. This is Round Table. You're listening to Round Table coming to you from Beijing. I'm Lai Ming. Coming up on today's show, our special series Beyond the Cap and Gown, as in the cap and gown you wear when you graduate at a ceremony and celebrating. And this is a series where we look at the challenges and opportunities faced by college graduates in China. In the first episode of the series, we examine the policies and measures of various cities across the country to find out which cities are attracting the most college degree holders to settle down and set up roots. Latest development in the sales of e-cigarettes shows alarming signs as minors once again become the target of marketing. Will the kids and the industry ever learn and what else can we do to regulate the vapes? And there is also the Motivational Monday segment coming your way. What quotes of inspiration do we have in store for you? You will find out all about it in just a moment. For today's discussion, I'm joined by Fei Fei and Niu Hongling. Now on Roundtable, let's start our special series, Beyond the Cap and Gown. When it comes to attracting young college graduates, some cities have a natural advantage in the competition because they host a good many colleges and universities to begin with. Feifei, tell us what are the cities with the most college students. Yes, and according to a report by the National Bureau of Statistics for the years 2021 and 2022, in the Chinese mainland, seven cities have over 1 million college students, and they are Guangzhou, Zhengzhou, Wuhan, Chongqing, Chengdu, Beijing, and Xi'an. And also these figures, including vocational college, undergraduate, and also graduate students. And among these cities, Guangzhou, Zhengzhou, and Wuhan have the highest number of college students with around 1.5 million for each of them, which means compared to their respective permanent populations, nearly one in every 10 individuals in these cities is a college student. And also, but what's also worth noticing is that the number, the population of college students also mean sort of reflect on the number of colleges and universities, you know, institutions that offer higher education mm-hmm. in these cities. And so there are also provincial capitals such as Shijiazhuang, Nanchang, Kunming, where the ranking of the amount of college students is much higher than their GDP ranking. 
And so that's also one of the, I think, indicators that we need to keep in mind. It doesn't mean that cities have the highest number or have a very big population of college students necessarily can equal to they have a stronger economic power. So, but well, somehow we can also, uh, some of the, I think the report says we can also refer to the number of enrolled graduate students as sort of a reference indicator for the measuring of the quality of these universities. So, for example, for cities like Beijing and Shanghai, they have a higher number of graduate students and that sort of means that their colleges and universities may have better economic or better academic uh, qualifications. And so these are some of the overall map mm-hmm. of our college students in the Chinese mainland. I yeah. think it's safe to say that for those cities that have already got all these graduates in the city, they've got an edge uh, in the competition right. somehow. Yes. Yet a lot of different cities, an increasing number of cities actually, have been attracting talented individuals by providing rental subsidies, mm-hmm. offering affordable housing options, lowering the household registration requirements, and do all the other related, well, issue other related policies to attract young graduates to come to their city, settle down, and start contribute. Right. And let's come back to a point that Fei Fei mentioned earlier during the introduction stage, and that is uh, the number of college students don't necessarily translate into uh, economic strength. So it doesn't mean that the more college students you have, uh, the more economically advanced the city can be. That's not exactly the case, which is understandable and quite reasonable in the sense that uh, college kids, they're not exactly working on factory floors. They're not immediately uh, working uh, to contribute to the economy. And the best you can do is perhaps when they graduate, they look for jobs and and contribute in terms of taxes and and, and their productivity into the economy. But into the economy, but that's not for sure. And uh, this is in part explained by perhaps the historical uh, reasons. Like many years ago, when we talk about uh, job opportunities, we tend to talk about first-tier cities like Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, and Shenzhen, these mega cities uh, posting uh, 10, 20 million population to begin with. So this used to be the case. I mean, the job opportunities opportunities are found in big cities. Uh, Has this been changing lately in recent years? Well, there has been certain... I would call them subtrend when it comes to the moving of graduates. Because yes, first year cities are still quite attractive to young graduates. Mm-hmm. They would believe that there are more opportunities. It's possible that they can find more chances to change their lives, or maybe they can find better um, possibilities for their career. Yet, we are observing a trend that even though the attraction of so-called second-tier cities, namely, not namely, but the kind of cities that are not that developed, yet they might be provincial capitals. They show great potential. They show great potential. Yet, they're kind of losing the attraction to certain young graduates, yet the third-tier cities, namely the cities that's surrounding the first-tier cities or some towns and um, um, those kind of places, they are showing potential attracting young graduates. And this shows that actually we are observing a better, more balanced development when it comes to regional economic development. Mm -hmm. And the second thing is when it comes to first-tier cities, though we say based 
Beijing and Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen are traditional first-tier cities that have been so hot in the job-choosing、um, area. Yet we are seeing a trend of students moving to rather the southern part of the country from the northern part.、Uh, for instance, as for Guangzhou. The students moving from first-tier cities to Guangzhou, actually, thirty percent of those students are from Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen. So you see the trend of moving from the northern part to the southern part, and only fifteen percent are from other first-tier cities. So more and more students choose to,、um, you know, live in maybe a southern city, which shows better potential rather than already very developed. Mm-hmm. So the decision on the part of college graduates、uh, as to what they want to do and where they want to set up roots might have something to do with the general trends in the development of the social economy in this country. And、uh, I think New Holland just now painted a rather a clear picture、uh, for us as to what's going on in terms of regional coordinate development in this country. If we say that perhaps ten or twenty years ago,、uh, the Poles of the Chinese economy、uh, were made up by major cities like uh, Guangdong, uh, Guangzhou,、um, and Beijing, Shanghai. Nowadays, we are talking about a more concerted development across、uh, a particular region. For、mm. instance, Beijing, Tianjin, and Hebei, and then the、uh, Yangtze River Delta and Pearl River Delta regions.、Mm. So, over the past few decades, we've seen changes like this, and as a re- result, we are seeing more balanced development with regard to the economy of different cities. And in turn, we are seeing、uh, college graduates having more dis- more choices when it comes to where they want to. Well, make a living. Yeah, exactly. But I think apart from the economic concerns and considerations, I th- also think there are other reasons that are playing in the decisions of these young graduates of, you know, where to go, where to work in my last next phase of my life. Is that thinking about ten, twenty years ago when people,、uh, young people, are saying that they want to work in big cities like Beijing, Shanghai, and Guangzhou? Apart from job opportunities, I think another reason is that. Life in these cities are more vibrant. That there are more like restaurants, cultural events, performances,、mm-hmm. concerts that we can go to, and so basically you you can find your way of entertainment in these cities. But if we are going to a smaller city, for example, you know. Ten twenty years ago, if we're going to a city in Zhengzhou or Wuhan, you you probably didn't have as many such entertainment or cultural opportunities there. But now we are seeing a shift of you know there are also concerts in the cities and there are also abundant activities culturally you know sports that we can choose from. So why continue to Be crowded in these big cities, you know, commuting for like an hour every day or even two hours every day, and facing the rising rental prices on a yearly basis. And so, I think a lot of them are seeing more options out there that I can have a job in a city like Zhengzhou. Or Wuhan or Chengdu, and at the same time, I can still have a pretty vibrant and fun life there as well. So they can sort of imagine themselves to settle in these cities instead of just competing for the few spots 
in cities like Beijing and Shanghai.、Mm-hmm. I think that is a really good point. And also, I'd like to say previously, I think several years ago, we've had this discussion about、um, young people escaping from the first-tier cities because of fierce competition. Wow, they're they 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 lost the battle. They're、um, fleeting to their original small cities. That's not the case. I don't see that as escaping because I think it's a it's a it's always not a Passive process. It's a proactive choice of choosing to live in certain cities, and only those who have the ability and also have confidence in themselves in themselves would choose to to relocate because they believe no matter where I go, I will make a living. I will be able to start a life again. And actually, data shows that once the salary exceeds six thousand yuan. Individuals are more likely to choose cross-city job opportunities compared to staying in their local areas, and、um, I think we've got the we've had the discussion about China's high-speed railway system,、mm-hmm. um, making it possible for people to have this two-hour living circle kind of lifestyle. That is, maybe you can live in my hometown. Taiyuan,、mm-hmm. and, and still go to concerts in Beijing. Yeah, and still go to concerts in Beijing. Only took two and a half an hour train、uh, time. That is really not bad. So yeah, really good choice. If I were twenty five, I know it's a big if. <laughs> I mean, I have to be twenty five now, not ten years ago. Because if I'm If I were twenty five now with this kind of condition, I would definitely. You'll be going places. I'll be going places. Everywhere.、Mm, <laughs> yeah, that'll、exactly. be really nice.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> so infrastructure,、uh, such as transportation,、uh, has made lives easier for people to choose、uh, to live in a re- relatively smaller city next to a metro- metropolitan city and、oh, still、yeah. have access to、uh, special or ex- exotic or previously <laughs> not immediately available service. Um, but that's that's one thing,、uh, one explanation to the changes in, in people's decision making. Also, parallel to what's going on in the national economy as a whole,、uh, uh, the regional coordinated development that we mentioned earlier is also the trend to upgrade and relocate certain businesses. Previously quite、uh, popular and concentrated in in coastal regions in southern China,、uh, in in Guangdong, I think for for the past few years we've seen a lot of wholesale and retail businesses being moved away from the region to perhaps the central and even western part of the country, and also there's the talk about、uh, relocating certain inst- industries that are energy intensive. To、uh, northwestern part of the country, where you have an ample supply of solar and wind power, and this is of course more、uh, more specific、uh, directions that we can talk about. So again, one thing I'd like to highlight is, or perhaps I'd like to get your opinions on, is that whether this tendency has encouraged the changes in consumer patterns. Really, because、uh, before the relocation of industries and the availability of jobs, paying more than six thousand yuan a month uh, uh, in in relatively smaller cities in central and western and northwestern part of China.、Uh, We couldn't even begin to talk about、uh, these major international concerts being staged in cities like Zhengzhou, but now we can. I mean, does this show certain consumer patterns or certain、uh, distribution patterns、uh, in, as to 
uh, enable this consumption power to surge in 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 particular part of the country. Well, I think that's more related to the development of industries in those regions. For example, the reason we are seeing more people. Um, going to Zhengzhou and even international concerts setting up in Zhengzhou is because Zhengzhou now has a lot of industries, manufacturers,、mm-hmm. and it's also a hub for a lot of the railway,、um, railway, railway lines, and the. These industries are actually luring people into the city, and also、um, when we are talking about the development of other industries, for example, right now in recent years we're seeing a pretty fast development in、um, industries like agriculture or fishery, and these. Development are making young people realize that you know you know what I don't have to work in commerce or finance or banking to make a living. I can still make a living in working in manufacturing or in working in agriculture. And so that's also you know a, a, a question of choice. Basically, is that they can choose from a, a more diverse.、Um, Industries in this country, and I think that's really the primary reason for these young people to choose where to settle in, where to find the job, and which industry is looking very promising in the future. And I can have a future, a career path in these industries. For example, ten, twenty years ago, for us, for our generations, even though it sounds a little bit. Um, Old, yeah, <laughs> for us. But it's really difficult for us to imagine. You know, I want to be a farmer. That sounds like something of a really a loser's slogan, right? You you imagine the news headlines twenty years ago, seeing a graduate from the Peking University are raising pigs, are setting up pig farms. That just sounds like something a loser would do. But now, it's not. Something a bad choice. No, it's actually, them, it makes a lot of sense. Professional farmers. Yeah, yeah, and actually,、um, according to a survey that in twenty students graduated in the year twenty twenty two are forty percent more likely to choose a career in industries like agriculture compared to those graduated in twenty seventeen. So I think it more really the consumption. Pattern are really sort of reflecting what the industry is telling us.、Mm-hmm. And New Holland just、uh, quite earlier at the beginning、uh, introduced some of the policies and measures that different cities have introduced to try and attract more talent to settle down in, in their jurisdiction. And I, I want to I want to get your opinion on this. When when you guys were looking for jobs or looking for a place to make a living, what were the factors determining your decisions, and have these factors changed over time? And what are people looking for,、uh, college graduates looking for, when they want to make a decision as to where they want to live? When I was just a graduate, I think there were two kinds of factors. The one is I would call them the plus point.、Mm-hmm. So if the city has this, I would have a plus. I would take it. I I would have a plus on my on my list of pros and cons. Oh, you have a grading system. <laughs> not not really thinking about it. I was not that organized, but you know,、um, part of me in saying that actually, for instance, Beijing is a mega city. It has a lot of opportunities. That is a plus.、Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's 
And for instance, Hong Kong, where I was graduated from, is、uh, also a very international city.、Mm-hmm. I would be exposed、right. to really. Different multiple culture from a daily on a daily basis. That is a plus. And this is essential in your life. And well, I was young. It's a plus. And also, there's this minus points. Like if it's too expensive, that's a minus.、Mm-hmm. If I cannot afford the houses, the even rental、uh, fee, that、mm-hmm. is a minus. If it's too hot, or if it's too crowded, or if it's too fashionable. According to someone else's criteria, that is a minus. So th- there are these、um, plus and minus kind of points. So for I think for a lot of cities, because they cannot, it's really hard for them to make their cities super attractive overnight to be with the certain characteristics like Beijing and Shanghai. So they would first go for、um, to minus the minus points.、Mm-hmm. That is to provide certain subsidies for housing for rental. Trying to try and mitigate some of the setbacks it naturally has. Exactly,、mm-hmm. but we've also seen places, for instance, like Hangzhou. Hangzhou used to be, in my opinion or in my memory, a tourist only、city. a tourist city. But nowadays, apparently, it is huge for internet. Business for that industry, and a lot of people. If you want to work for e-commerce in that industry, you would go to Hangzhou. So、mm-hmm. they've changed its image, and a city's image, in my opinion, would be a plus points. So、mm-hmm. that was my strategy.、Mm-hmm. Uh, for someone who claims not to be organized, you seem quite reasonable when it comes <laughs> to、uh, making life-changing decisions. And、uh, Feifei, do you think people are still as reasonable and as rational as New Holland can be <laughs> when it comes to decision making、uh, that will change their lives? Well, at least for me, you know, from my personal experience,、uh, you know, settling in Beijing is pretty much was pretty much a no-brainer for me because I went to college here, and all of my friends from my college years. Also stayed in and、Beijing. you still love them. So yeah, my circle is here. So it really makes it doesn't really make sense to make all the fuss and move to another city. And frankly, we also have enough opportunities here. So、uh, it's really no brainer for me to start looking for jobs in Beijing. I'm really not considering looking for jobs in another city. But when it comes to some of my other fellow、uh, college friends. They move back to their hometowns. For example, if their hometown is really economically really developed, for example, in Shanghai or Chengdu, and their circles are there, and I think it also makes sense that they want to move back to close to their family. And so I think sometimes the number of colleges and universities in a certain city. Would sort of translate into how many talents you are going to have because they are more likely to choose to stay here instead of you know make all the fuss, move to another city, getting to know a bunch of new people and a new environment. So if I have the opportunity here, and it also makes sense, why not just stay here?、Mm-hmm. What other innovative ways or methods that、uh, cities are coming up with to try and?、Uh, Keep the college graduates, or, or attract some more. Well, interestingly, for example, in the province of Anhui, they are you know working really hard to keep their talents. They set up a lot of colleges. They have industrial parks. But I think one really important, interesting thing they did was that they held matchmaking events、hmm. for these young graduates. <laughs> so the logic behind it is that if you 
find your life partner here, you are more likely to settle here, and you know it's easy to move to away for yourself. But when you are talking in terms of couples、mm-hmm. and families, those kind of decisions would be more difficult. You would be more inclined to be, you know, why not just stay in Anhui and continue my life here. So, in other words, the、uh, the province or the cities don't necessarily have to pay a lot in terms of、uh, economic <laughs> compensations, but they have found a quite rather、uh, effective way to keep people stayed and happy where they are. Well, they are happy, but <laughs> I think I've heard this notion that if you decide to buy a purchase a a house in a certain city, you're kind of like getting on board with the development of the city because、yeah. you will get the benefit of the development,、mm-hmm. economic development of this place. And、uh, I think luring people to get on board is also a nice way of doing things because I know it sounds a little bit boring to young graduates out there that if I say to you that yes, China's hukou system, the registration system, is important. Getting、mm-hmm. a house、uh, in a certain place is important for your life. You might find it a little bit boring, but That is the harsh truth for many people. Unless you're from a really great family background, it is a decision you have to consider, and it's just much better early than late in life a decision to make. Great advice from somebody who's been there and done that. <laughs> I mean, this is valuable, even though、uh, there's been many changes in in policies and、uh, in the economic、uh, landscape in different cities. I mean, this is still true. And above that, what else do we have that we want young graduates to bear in mind when it comes to the decision making as to where they want to live? Anything that、uh, a last word in thirty seconds. Well, I I think another good good example is with the city of Zibo, who is trying to promote itself as the barbecue city, and I think the official in that city really said this is that by they are luring young people to travel to Zibo, and they want them to see the potentials that Zibo have, and eventually that will lead them to the decision to find a job and future. In the city of Zibo. Fair enough. You're listening to Roundtable coming up in the second half of the show. As much as the society's efforts to curb the growth of underage e-cigarette users, so much more effective is the work of manufacturers and retailers to win over the young consumers. Stay tuned for more discussion on Roundtable. Dive, a podcast of CGTN Radio. We go beyond headlines with reporters from around the world. Search for Deep Dive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen. Take a deep dive into the news every week. Hear our conversations. Discussion keeps the world turning. This is Roundtable. You're listening to Roundtable. I'm Lai Ming, joined by Fei Fei and Yu Hongling in the studio. Coming up, e-cigarettes now come in cute and innocent-looking packaging, like milk teacups, cola cups, and fruit cups. The disguise makes it harder for the untrained eyes of the teachers and parents to spot. What more can regulators do to keep the minors from exposure to vaping? And in our motivational Monday segment, we will each share an inspirational quote or story to kickstart a brand new week. What has gotten you thinking lately? You can share them with us by writing to us at ezfmroundtable@foxmail.com. 
Now let's get back to our discussion.、Uh, what's the latest on e-cigarettes? I mean, this is a topic that we、uh, we have been talking about on Roundtable quite a few times, and、uh, this is、uh, has this has continuously been our been the focus of our attention because we just care so much about minors who are being targeted by e-cigarette manufacturers and retailers, and so.、Uh, Why are we talking about it now? And what's the latest here? Well, apparently, e-cigarettes are kind of secretly coming back to haunt the miners,、mm. according to a journalist. He conducted a research on the、um, actually a search on the search engine using the keyword "electronic cigarette" and found the first link to be an advertisement for milk tea cups, mini cups, disposable cups on a web page called "Electronic Cigarette Official Website."、Hmm. So keep in mind, it's an official website for e-cigarettes. Uh huh. It's calling itself the official website,、hmm. which is not okay because this kind of selling, well, actually e. Cigarettes are we are banning the east. Well, actually, e-cigarettes、um, shopping online is banned in China. It's not legal, and the page website displays proportional images of various non-tobacco-flavored electronic cigarettes, which is also illegal here in China because we cannot really have flavored, different flavored tobacco.、Um, Different flavored e-cigarettes, and these cigarettes. Wait a are- minute. So we we don't. I mean,、uh, by law, it is not okay to sell e-cigarettes with flavors. Yes. Good. The、That's、flavored、progress. ones, yeah, that flavored ones are banned. Whereas even for can, adults, even for adults,、uh, we can only nowadays buy tobacco flavored ones. Okay. Yes,、uh, and these one, these cigarettes are in flavor of milk tea. Well, actually, they're in packages of milk tea cups, and they have different flavors like ice, mineral water,、uh, Longjing tea, and chilled watermelon.、Mm. It sounds really appealing. That is why I searched online. And try to see whether or not I can illegally buy some of these e-cigarettes. And apparently,、um, I can still find some, not many. If I search for e-cigarette, the keyword 电子烟 here in China's online shopping platforms,、mm-hmm. I would be delivered to a page saying e-cigarette selling online is legal here in China with a lot of、um, problems and harms of e-cigarettes that will do to Due to your health, and but if I search for, for instance, milk tea cups, 奶茶杯、mm-hmm. plus electronic plus、um, chargeable things like well keywords like this, a combination of keywords like this would lead me to certain very secretive pages with these kind of Chinese characters that are not, I would say, not standard Chinese characters, but you can. Understand the meaning because Chinese is a pictographic language, and、mm-hmm. by reading only parts of the character, you kind of you will be able to guess the meaning of that saying or that sentence.、Mm, I see, and that's how、um, I feel like I can buy the e-cigarettes from online. So,、uh, selling of e-cigarettes online is all but banned, but. Creative retailers and even buyers have come up with all kinds of ways to circumvent this prohibition and also circumvent the whatever safeguards that、uh, online platforms may have set up to、mm-hmm. prevent the sales of e-cigarettes online. Precisely, I didn't go further in talking to the shop owners online, but apparently our journalist. Uh, from this article, actually did, and he found out that they cannot finish the transaction of money and e-cigarettes directly from the 
um, let's say platforms. e-shopping platforms. Mm-hmm. They have to become WeChat friends, become friends from other social media accounts and media platforms, and make this again illegal transaction of money and e-cigarettes. Fei Fei, um, uh, some more uh, additional information to get from you, and that is, well, we know we've already established that e-cigarettes are prohibited from being sold online, but they are not uh, all outright forbidden to be sold in this country. We we still, for for diehard or <laughs> addicts of e-cigarettes, they they can still get access to these commodities somehow. Yes, but um, these products called e-cigarettes are sort of subject to the same regulations as you know physical or normal cigarettes or tobacco products here in China. Is that the same rules for licensing, for production, sales, import, export, taxation are pretty much the same when it comes to e-commerce and regular cigarettes. And so, for example. Um, The Ministry of Finance imposed a consumption tax on these e-cigarettes from last year, and a tax rate of over thirty percent is placed on these production on the production and import of the e-cigarettes, and another eleven percent of tax on the wholesale distribution of these e-cigarettes. So, if we are talking about legal distributions, consumers can only purchase tobacco-flavored. E-cigarettes with a very high price, and so that's really a sort of squeezing the market share for these sort of products. I mean, the the really the main、um, market for e-cigarettes is, are with flavored、um, e-cigarettes. So right now, I think China is sort of con- restricting the use of e-cigarettes. But I think right now, what we are talking about. Is that some of the smaller workshops or production lines are targeting minors for these products, and they are selling them with very deceiving packaging. For example, as the milk tea cup e-cigarette is pretty much looks like a milk tea cup, and I think for people who are not familiar with e-cigarettes or similar products, they won't really tell that. What the miners have in mind, having hands, is actually an e-cigarette. Instead, we will just think it may be something new products that the kids are playing around these days, and we are not going to relate it to you know tobacco or cigarette-related pr- 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 products. And I think that's really the problem here. And also with what Hongling just told us, with the flavored. E-cigarettes banned here in China, and I think the production of these flavored milk tea cup e-cigarettes is also very questionable. I mean, who are producing them? Who are importing them? And what sort of sources they're using? What sort of material are they using? Legal or even f- legal pro- sources of production for for this sort of. Um, products, I think, is also very, very questionable. Right, we've been talking about e-cigarettes, like it's meng hong shui hong shui meng shou, and this is、uh, literally translates into flat and and savage beasts,、uh, a, a phrase that we use to describe some uh, cataclysmic uh, uh, phenomena. And so, but are we justified to feel this way? I mean, should we look at e-cigarettes like it's、uh, the end of the day when it gets、uh, really widespread and、uh, when miners lay their hands on them? I mean, how? What harm can they do when young people do、uh, start smoking, picking up this habit? 
Well, apparently.、Um I feel like e-cigarettes has not caused that huge a problem here in China because we had the regulations and all the different kind of bans in time. But if you take a look at the situation in, for example, the United States,、um, figures show that one in twenty Americans vape, and according to New York Times. Report actually sales of e-cigarettes rose by nearly forty-seven percent from January twenty twenty, just before the pandemic hit the country, to December twenty twenty-two. And it says that、uh, when it comes to e-cigarette, it has caused great problem for U.S. minors, and they are also thinking about ban the flavored e-cigarettes because the flavored e-cigarettes are just very disguising when it comes、mm. to selling to minors. To start with, parents and teachers would think that is just a flash disk or some new toys, like Fevi has just mentioned, and it didn't create that much of a order, so you can detect from so far away. And for young kids, they would find have. Vaping, a trendy and cool things, and they would even be fed with the false advertisement telling them that it only for a e-cigarette it only contains three to five percent of the toxic material of a traditional cigarettes, which is not proven to be true by relative departments. Actually, with the different kind of flavors, some other materials、uh, that given the Uh, special flavors might even be more harmful to your health, so it could potentially be a huge problem. Let alone the fact that many of the products we're talking about today have no serious instructions and no description of the material and no regulation, because from the very beginning they are illegal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And、uh, some media investigations conducted tests on milk tea cup samples covering popular flavors like cola, lemon, orange soda, and strawberry. Results show that all seven samples contained varying levels of heavy metals such as lead and nickel in their emissions. Some samples also、uh, detected substances, uh, chemical uh, substances, far exceeding national or industry standards for impurities and contaminants. Contaminants in aerosols, and also there's the、uh, ingredient of nicotine, which is a cancer-causing、uh, chemical that may、uh, cause serious havoc in, in somebody's health system. So,、um, uh, if left alone, left alone and、uh, unattended, I mean, this this situation can really spin out of control.、Uh, if I were being、uh, exaggerating a bit, I, I, I'm just trying to determine the scale to which. Um, the this the spread of、uh, e-cigarettes is I mean I from a personal observation I I do have friends who smoke、uh, e-cigarettes and、uh, based on on my observation and、uh, and also based on my well eavesdropping on 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 <laughs> their conversation and between、uh, smokers of e-cigarettes I mean I, the information I get is 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 in- incredibly hard for them to get. Um, uh, supplies on e-cigarettes. I mean, a lot of them may have a a vapor, a vaping machine, but they need、uh, supplies or re- to replenish the、uh, the stock or the oil. And、uh, it 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 appears to me that even for adults who are supposed to be more resourceful, they they are complaining about how how hard it is to get supplies and how essential it is to、uh, keep a, a large supply or to keep a stock. Of these、uh, oil, when they when they when they do 
can lay their hands on them. So uh, I, I still not I'm still not convinced on the scale on which that were, that e-cigarettes are being uh, in, introduced and promoted to minors. Well, I feel like the reason we're having this really strict rules, uh, this strict bans on cigarettes is because it's really highly addictive and it's really easy to if you open a tiny little door mm. to them, they'll just sneak in so smoothly. Because if you think about initially how cigarettes become popular among females, it is labeled or it is um, portrayed as not, well, I think I still remember the slogan that is, I'm not holding a cigarette, I'm holding the torch of freedom. Mm-hmm. That's how it's promoted to female several decades ago. And it is also how it could be promoted to minors. It's saying that you you are holding a really cool thing. You are having the key to become a popular kid. And this mm. is what other kids are doing. And it's not that harmful. And they will feel like it's not that harmful because it's flavored. It's fruit flavored. How can a strawberry cute looking thing be super bad to your health? And I think with all that potential problems, we our regulators having considered all that in mind, started to have this relatively strict uh, ban on it. And I think they should be, not only do I think they should be in place, I also think they should be implemented even more harshly. Mm-hmm. And also I think we really can't afford to have the use of, regardless of being regular cigarettes to e-cigarettes to grow to a scale because just the act of smoking has really long-term consequences that you are not going to get day one when you start smoking, but you are not going to know what will come back to you 10, 20 years later, maybe a problem with their lungs or cancer or some other illness related to smoking. And also, it's also bad for secondhand smokers. So and also, I think uh, there are also discussions when it comes to thirdhand smoking. The harms of thirdhand smoking is that the flavors or the chemicals stayed on your clothing and even though you think the flavors are gone you smoked in a really distant place and you wait a while till the 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 smell of smoke is gone and you go back home but something still stayed on your clothing and on your body and that could also bring harm to for example a baby in your family and so when we are talking about the use of cigarettes or e-cigarettes. I think it's just when it's invented like hundreds of years ago, decades ago, um, it's sort of portrayed as something fashionable, as something of a, a symbol of a liberty, like we just mentioned. But right now, I think more people are realizing with the number of adult smokers that we have in this world, and also we have a very large population of smoker here in China, is that we are going to deal with really long-term health concerns. And that can also mean burdens for our healthcare systems. And I think so we need to start from the beginning, from the roots, is that really banning and having really strict restrictions on these products so that 
10, 20 years later, mm. we're not going to face a large number of people having lung concerns, cancers. Right, right. right. And the fact New Holding keeps reiterating is that e-cigarettes are being banned from sales online, and there are all kinds of regulations against this product. But the fact is, uh, another fact is, uh, that is, given the manufacturing capacity of this country and given the ease of manufacturing e-cigarette products, uh, it is just so easy for any small workshop to start making them, and it's just so much harder for uh, law enforcement and, uh, and regulators to really watch closely uh, the market. And also, there's also there's the fact that uh, uh, Fei mentioned earlier, uh, e-cigarettes currently are being uh, overwatched by the same authority as the one watching over cigarettes, regular cigarettes. I mean, but in comparison, e-cigarettes uh, make a so much smaller portion in the economy and also in the market for cigarettes and e-cigarettes and, and mm-hmm. such, there's a likely, there's a tendency or probability that e-cigarettes might be overlooked when it comes to implementation and prohibition. So um, is there any other way that we can do to make the play, make the country and the world a safer place from e-cigarettes? Anything that we can do at all? Well, I think education. Education, education is really telling everybody, young, old, female, male, that smoking is bad for you, you even if we're talking about e-cigarettes. And I think that's also the reason that more and more countries are banning the scenes of you know actors holding a cigarette in movies and TV shows is mm-hmm. that they are trying to put into little details in people's life, telling them repeatedly, that smoking is bad, stop smoking, smoking is not cool, don't start smoking from the beginning. <laughs> right, right, fair enough. You're listening to Roundtable Motivational Monday is next. There we go, welcome back. This is our Motivational Monday segment. Uh, let's begin with New Holy. Well, my motivational Monday is directed to the young graduates out there because Ooh. this week is Roundtable's graduation season week. We're mm-hmm. going to talk a lot about the young graduates there. And thinking about them makes me happy because I feel like the world is open to them. It's they ready for them to leave their marks. And it's all new. It's all challenging, exciting. And which is why I found two, well, two uh, lines that I find fit for the young graduates that is young graduates you've graduated now you're at the beginning stage of your next diploma life 101 and the second one is from dr seuss which makes it rhyme you have brains in your head you have feet in your shoes you can steer yourself in any direction you choose just remember while completing your education is a significant achievement it's just the starting point for the lifelong journey of learning and personal growth you possess the intellect potential and freedom to shape your own destiny embrace your individuality make choices aligned with your passions and values and take Take responsibility for your own path. Yeah, so from now on, you'll have to make decisions for yourself and assume the responsibilities that for the decisions if you made, and that's freedom. It's going to be 
Amazing. Actually,、uh, recently I've just had the conversation with our colleagues here in the office. I we discussed and we feel like for our gamers, actually leaving college is kind of like leaving the newbies zone, the beginners village, as we call it in Chinese. Where the, where the challenges are not so great and the monsters are not so hard to beat. But you can gain all of your strength, your skills. Maybe you still need to up level your skills, but you have the basic skills that you need for the game, and you already know how the game works. You have、um, all it takes to start your journey, and that is the. The I feel like the significance of universities, and you have now graduated, and the world is for you to explore. Alas,、mm. the whole world unfolds in front of you,、yeah. and is. Uh, a whole world for you to explore and、uh, make changes. Make changes, Fei Fei. Um. So yeah, my motivational Monday is actually a story.、It、really, is a, about a lady called Wang Nuan Nuan. Um. So the story goes back to you know re- recently there is a new movie hit the big screens called Lost in the Stars or 消失的她 in Chinese,、mm-hmm. and the story is based on true stories, including one that was headlined in China in 2019 that a man pushed his wife. Who was pregnant at that time off a cliff, of about thirty-four meters tall, while they were traveling in Thailand,、oh. and the wife, her name was is Wang Nuanwan, and luckily she didn't die from it, and she was rescued by another tourist who was passing by at that time, and she was sent to hospital in time, and even though she suffered major major injuries, I think they she told reporters that she had seventeen bone fractures and over two hundred stitches, and she had to go through rehabilitation for over two years.、Mm-hmm. And I think also mentally speaking, the betrayal、mm. that she encountered with her ex husband, and knowing that her ex husband was plotting to marry her and murder her, and sort of get Her money afterwards is just the level of trauma is beyond description. I think, but then with because of the movie, I start to look up on what's happening afterwards with her with Wang Nuanwan. Is that after rehabilitation and she was able to walk and going back to normal life, she starts her new business and new life. She now has her own social media account. Over three million followers on all different platforms, and she made videos to inspire other people. You know, to be strong, independent, and to learn to protect yourself. And more importantly, I think to even though when going through different traumas and similar traumatic experiences, you can still stand up again. And I think that's that's just very very motivating to me is that seeing her going through, right now I think she's still in the lawsuit with her ex husband, and she used to have very successful businesses. She had to stop everything she did before because of her injuries and all the traumas she went through, and now she's starting again, starting all over again. And looking just as glamorous as as before, and I think is very inspirational for every one of us. Is that you can always start over, no matter what you go through, even though all these betrayals, all these injuries, the wounds, and all the difficulties in your life, 
you can always start over, start from the beginning, and rise up again. Mm-hmm. This will be all the more motivational if, after all that betrayal and trauma, she manages to find trust, trust, and and faith, and also a new beginning,、uh, and、uh, to turn a new page in life.、Mm-hmm. My quote this week is from somebody I've shared and recommended、uh, quite a few times on Roundtable, and this is from. An American historian and philosopher, Will Durant. He is best known. He was best known for his work, "The Story of Civilization." I've recommended his books on Roundtable quite a few times because they are just so well written. In fact, they are so well written that I keep restarting it, keep coming back to it, even though I have never been able to finish them. <laughs> and the quote goes, "We are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act." But a habit. When I first started working, I came across this line: "How much you can achieve in life is not determined by what you do at work, but rather by what you do after work in your spare time." I thought it was quite reasonable, but I couldn't really、uh, make it my guiding principle in life. But until, well, several years later, now I feel all the more sure that there's. Plenty of wisdom in this. Thinking, think about it. I mean, if you spend an hour every day reading and learning, you will spend, you will have spent three hundred and sixty-five hours every year, three thousand six hundred and fifty hours in ten years, on enriching and improving yourself. And the time adds up. If you make reading and learning your lifetime habit, you will have a remarkable advantage in knowledge and wisdom over another version of yourself. Who haven't put in the one hour every day? A good habit can help you rebel against the tyranny of time, and win it over to your side. Pick a goal, form a habit, and let time do its magic for you, because excellence is not an act, but a habit. Wow, that is very well said. And also, Limey is a, can do really quick math. <laughs> well, I've done that last night, preparing for motivational Monday quote. And I think it's very important, especially for the young graduates out there, to pick、right. a career that your passion lies in, and that would help you to do the extra work after work and make you a better person. Yeah, it's better to spend one hour every day, not knowing when you will harvest. You will get the harvest, not knowing when you will benefit from the hours you put in,、mm-hmm. than. Having spent ten, twenty years in your career, and all of a sudden regretting the hours you haven't put in. I mean, remember, you don't necessarily have to compare with a very talented coworker in your workplace.、Uh, you only have to compare with yourself and think of yourself in twenty years, and what would that person want the most? Wow.、Um, That will be your inspiration to keep going, and that's it for our discussion on Roundtable today. Thank you for listening. If you haven't heard enough, you can find us on Apple Podcasts at Roundtable China.